It's Dwayne Wade week here on Locked on Heat. We got another interview for you today with Dwayne Wade's former teammate, Antoine Walker. Uh, Not his first time on the program. This is his second time he's joined us. He's always great. We're really excited to talk all things D-Wade and his Hall of Fame career with somebody who played with Dwayne Wade. He shares some really great stories about those finals runs in 2006, um, and he does weigh in on Dwayne Wade versus Paul Pierce. So we have that to look ahead to. Uh, if you missed a couple of our episodes here on Dwayne Wade Week, on Monday, it was Palooza Part 1, talking about Dwayne Wade's top five moments from his career, his top five seasons, and his top five teammates. We rank all of those. And then on Tuesday, ESPN's Israel Gutierrez joined us to talk about covering Dwayne Wade from his rookie season uh, all the way to his retirement. So uh, a bunch of great stuff here on the Locked On Heat page on YouTube. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever it is that you get your podcasts. Thanks for making Locked On Heat your first listen every day. Now here's Antoine Walker. You are Locked On Heat, your daily Miami Heat podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Really excited about this. We are joined by three-time All-Star and NBA champion Antoine Walker to help us look ahead to Dwayne Wade's induction into the Hall of Fame. So let's just start right there. Uh, Antoine, was there a moment when you realized, when you were playing with D-Wade, that he could be a future Hall of Famer? Because you played with him so early in his career, obviously won in NBA Finals with him. Was there a moment that you could think back to where you're like, wow, this guy is special. This guy could, This guy might even make it to the Hall of Fame. Yeah, you kind of knew that the year before I joined. He he actually was really, really good um, the year before um, I got there where he was starting to come into his own. And um, they were in their first, you know, him and Shaq were starting to develop a really good relationship. And then when I got there, I mean, it went from zero to 100. He was he was amazing um, how good he got and, and the way he led us that season, especially championship year. Um, but you can you can start to see the makings of that he was going to be somebody different. He was going to be a Hall of Fame player. He's going to be somebody that wins multiple championships, that contends for MVPs, um, first and second team All NBA. You can start to see that his work ethic that he put in, um, especially when I was there, he he used to do so much one on one work with Eric Spoelstra, and then mm-hmm. ironically, Eric Spoelstra becomes the the head coach, and 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 that makes it even better. So. Um, but Dwayne um, only got better and better as he as, as as every year got along. Besides for a few injuries, Dwayne, you know, no sky's limit how far he really could have got, how good he could have really been. What was Dwayne Wade's superpower? I know that's a kind of open-ended question, but when you mm-hmm. think about him, what made him special as a player? What was his superpower? Play bigger than his size. I, I think, mm-hmm. you know, you think Dwayne and the things he did, you would think he was six four, six five. Um, D Wade's probably six three on a good day. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's probably six three on a good day. But I just think for his size and being the prototypical two guard, I think his ability to drive the basket, to finish around the basket was second to none. Um he definitely wasn't I wouldn't say he was a great jump shooter. Um he made enough to, you know, he made enough uh jump shots to to make you have to respect him. But his gift was in the open court, finishing at the basket. Um creating plays in the half-court set, uh, being able to split defenders, and, and just the competitive drive he had. Um, and I, I say this to all my friends. I say this to everybody. 
I still believe, and we've watched some great final performances. I still believe his final performance ranks up there in the, in the top five ever. Top five yeah, ever think, with what other ones? Oh, well, you got to think about Michael. Yeah, um, sure. Yeah, I think that I think that Phoenix series and make it think about a couple of them that Utah series too with Michael. <laughs> um, but it's just a couple guys that, that that just stands out right away when you think about finals performances that just. Uh, were great. I thought Dirk Nowinski's final performance was great too. The championship they won too, as well. We, we don't talk about that here. We don't talk about that on this show. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm glad you mentioned Michael though, because we just spoke to a, a media member who covered him early in his career, and he said that one of the first things that obviously the size is the same, but just in terms of the overall athleticism, kind of reminded him of Michael. And I know you're a Chicago guy, and I know Michael's still the great. But did you ever see things that Dwayne did that were kind of like? You know, his ability to slash, cut through defenders, things of that sort that kind of were similar, at least, to what Michael Jordan was able to do? Yeah, I think the athleticism was there. Dwayne, before he started having knee problems, was super athletic, um, yeah. you know, kind of a freak on the um, as far as attacking the basket. Because you think D-Wade is – you don't think he's 6'6", but he's yep. not. You know what I mean? And, I and I think the way he played above the basket was the most surprising thing for me. Obviously, being from Chicago, we're both from there – I seen him play in high school, but just to see the leaps and bounds and how better he got and um, and turning himself into this Hall of Fame player was was unbelievable. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. I totally forgot about that. But you, you knew him before he even entered the league at that point then? Is that right? Because of his Chicago roots? Yeah, just, just the Chicago roots. Obviously, um, he was a little younger than me. Um, and I came out and he went to Richards. I was a Catholic school guy. But I know my friends and stuff had already told me about him. So he didn't go to a really big name high school. So he kind of flew up under the radar a little bit. Um, but, you know, when, once he got to Marquette, everybody from Chicago would now want to start claiming him because he, he, he ended up turning himself into a great player. But he just played – it was just it was a situation where he went to Richards High School, which was a little different uh, from some of the powerhouses in Chicago. So he didn't get the same notoriety that I would have got or some of the other guys from Chicago had I gotten. Interesting. I I was curious because we saw I and mean, we talked to you about this last year where he kind of just took over that 2006 NBA final series. But I don't think and just looking back, I can't recall any other young player that had that kind of dominant impact. And there were so many great veterans, including you, GP, Shaq, of course, Alonzo. But what was it like to see this young kid who was still, what, 24, 25 at that time? kind of just take over and, and, and just kind of say, you know what, I'm going to take you all there. Just ride on me. I'll, I'll get you to the promised land. Because what was that like as one of those experienced veterans on that team and just seeing Dwayne kind of transform into that superstar in the moment? Well, I'll I take it back even further. I give all the credit to Pat Riley. Um, hmm. Just one, putting the right pieces around D-Wade that allowed him. And then the second person I got to credit is Shaquille O'Neal. I mean, Shaquille was still a big name, big factor, um, a big sign in there. But Shaquille didn't mind taking the back seat and not being the first option. I thought that was, you know, that that took a lot for a guy of Shaq's, uh, you know, stature and obviously, yeah. obviously with his ability, he took a back seat and allowed D Wade to lead this team, um, especially on the offensive end. And you know, you, and I, I put Pat in there because he put the right veterans. Myself, James Posey, Jay Will. Yes. Obviously, Lonzo was already there. Shannon Anderson, Derek yes. Anderson. You yep. put a lot of good veteran guys that were willing to sacrifice and do the little things to allow D-Wade to just be D-Wade. And I think that's what made us special. Um, we had that little slogan, 15 strong, 
um, yeah. that we used during the season. And to be honest, that was a, that was true. We were a very together group, which really doesn't happen a lot in the NBA. Um, it was very seldom that you would see guys um, not together on and I mean off the court. You will always see eight, nine guys on the road going to dinner. You don't see that typically in the NBA, and, and that's why I bring that up. And I think that's what made our run so special um, because we had so much respect for each other, and the whole goal was winning the championship. It wasn't pretty at times. I know I think we won 52 games. It was a three seed. Uh, we yep. wasn't dominant. But the goal was to win a championship. We knew if we locked in at the right time that we were going to be able to win the championship. And we followed a young guy like D-Wade, and he took us home. Did you ever have any kind of hesitation about it? Because, I mean, you rarely see, again, we have like Hall of Fame veterans, all-stars like you, you're just really a, an accomplished group and then kind of just almost deferring to this younger guy. And you rarely ever see that in the NBA. Well, I think what we ha we also have to talk about, a lot of people don't talk, I think it was huge that Pat Riley came down after 20 games yeah. and, and, and came down. And and then it became, not saying I love Stan, I think Stan's a sure. great coach. I don't want people to think that that's the case. But I think when Pat came down, the goal became let's win the championship. What are we going to sacrifice? What are we going to give up? He had to sacrifice some things too. It wasn't necessarily, you know, we know Pat Riley's a disciplinarian um, yep. and, and likes everything to be, ran one way but he gave so, us some yeah. but he gave yeah. us some room too he allowed us to be pros and gave us some room i'm talking about things off the court and having fun and stuff like that and have let us have a little bit more input i think that also helped um with us winning the title too as well having spent the time that you did with uh d wade and having won a championship i'm sure a lot of people in your life mm -hmm. ask you stories about those seasons right um what's a story that you like to tell people about those years, about Dwayne behind the scenes, something that you know people, uh, fans just didn't get a chance to see. What's a story that you typically will just like to uncork and share? Well, I think for me, just when I think about D Way, I think about the the days that him and Sprostrom just locked up and just worked on one on one stuff and just got better. It was kind of like his own personal coach, <laughs> you know what I mean? where he worked with him every day and how he pushed him and, and he worked on his one-on-one -on -one ability and making him a better player um, was special to watch that season as well. And I think, I, I say this again, I just believe that Pat Riley and them did a good job of making sure they put the right veterans around Shaq and D-Wade that allowed those guys to be themselves. I think that's always key when you put veteran guys around it. And we all had a common goal. We all were starving for a championship myself nice. you know jay will white chocolate alonzo obviously has been there it's been the, the the rock and the foundation of the miami heat then you got udonis Haslam, another rock um for the miami heat. so we had so many guys and, and great personalities and we we got along so well off the court i think that's what made it even more special i remember a time and you guys probably seen this when it was a lockout i mean no no pandemic was going on COVID. And we all yeah. got together on a group thing. Yeah. And that's that's how close we were. We were just yeah. that type of group that, that that run was so special. And you just we were just reminiscing about that everything that went on, the good, the bad, the ugly. And um the ultimate goal was to win a title, and we did that. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Take your first swing 
at betting on Major League Baseball and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to $200. That's right. Just bet 20 bucks and you'll land $200 in bonus bets. Whether you win or lose, that's $200 that you can spend on betting on every everything from the money line to the over-under to who you think is going to hit the first home run. All on an app that's for, safe, secure, super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you get paid instantly. There's no better place to place a bet than on Major League Baseball than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. And you sign up today, you visit FanDuel.com slash on, and you get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash on. FanDuel, the official partner of Major League Baseball. There's something I'm dying to ask you, all right? Okay. And- uh, I'm going to warn you, most guys might try to be diplomatic about this, but I'm really hoping that you're just going to answer it because you're, you are literally the only person qualified to answer it. All right. Mm-hmm. Paul Pierce has made some noise on social media comparing his career to Dwayne Wade's. So yeah. I, I just want you to settle this argument once and for all. You spent a lot of time playing with Paul Pierce. You spent a lot of time playing with D Wade. Who was the better player, Paul Pierce or Dwayne Wade? This is tough, man. And I'm going to give you guys, I'm going to answer your question. I'm not going to avoid the question. But uh, D-Wade had his Hall of Fame celebration here um, last week. And I went on, um, I was on paper route on another uh, podcast show. And D-Wade didn't like my response because I said Paul would have gave, gave him a, a run for his money in a one-on-one. And D-Wade was pissed at me because he said he wasn't tempted with. But to answer your question, I mean, um, and this is, and, it was, and when I, once you really start thinking about it, it's, it's really two different players. Um, Paul Pierce was a big body, 230 pound, really small forward, a true small forward. When you think of Paul Pierce, you think of more matchups with LeBron James and, um, some of the premier, Pamelo Anthony, some of the premier three men in the league. D-Way was a little different. And then, and, and, and that's, D-Way was more, was way better in transition. He can get out in transition, uh, finish at the rim. Um, obviously with, with the athleticism that, that obviously, um, D-Wade had. I would say Paul, both of them were good defenders. D-Wade was just better in the passing lane. You know, you start splitting hairs when you start talking about those two guys. But obviously, D-Wade has, has won three titles, um, is going to the Hall of Fame. And, and right now, you know, obviously, Paul's a Hall of Famer. You know, and so I think this is this is playing. But they're, they're very close. I play with two dynamic players. I just think, you know, Paul's more of a throwback. Um then D-Wade, when I'm thinking about offensively, where Paul's going to post you up, uh, score in a more methodical way, where mm-hmm. D-Wade is going to get out and, and transition. He can, he's, you know, how Fayak is, is an exciting player in transition. Um, so, you know, it's, you start, you're you picking, you're nitpicking at, at some point yeah. um, when you get to talking about those two guys, and they both going to get there just doing in, in the Hall of Fame. How, how important is it to, like, consider Dwayne Wade was better. That's what I heard. <laughs> that's all now how important is it when you consider like titles because obviously it's a group sport and like everybody contributes mm-hmm. but you heard paul make that argument it's like oh you know he had three rings because he played alongside lebron and stuff like that but it's kind of hard to separate individual greatness especially when you're looking at it from a team sport so how do you value the fact that you know you want to run that you get to win a ring or you know in Dwayne's career you win three rings etc like how, how does that work out well, I, I think you have to consider winning the championship, no matter who you play with, because um, yeah. it's so hard to do. No matter yep. who you are, just no matter how good you are, you you have to put that in consideration. And you have to pay a lot of respect to that, because it's one thing to have the talent, but to 
put the talent together to get guys to mesh, mesh together and really make this work uh, to get the ultimate goal, win the title. Um, wow. I put a lot of, you know, yeah, I put a lot of stock in that too. Um, but Paul, when he got his big three, they won it. You got to give Paul credit. When he got his big three, he won the title and they were very competitive. Like, I think they got to the finals again after that, after they won yep. it. And they were very competitive, made deep runs. That's what you want to do. You don't want to yeah. waste those type of opportunities. It's like when I joined the Heat and we had all these guys with big names on our team, we got the job done. Um, you know, we didn't make it a, you know, obviously we didn't run off two or three of them. That would have been nice, but we got us one. You put a team together with just a training camp to do this. You switch coaches 20 games into the season. Yeah. But we had the, the strength and the mental mental fortitude to just actually lock in and, and remember what the common goal was. And, and that was when the NBA title. Uh, we have our last segment. It's called flashcards. It's basically a lightning round, quick questions um, <laughs> related to Dwayne Wade and some other things. So first oh. one, Dwayne Wade's nicknames. He's got approximately a billion of them. Here's a, here's a few. <laughs> here's a few. D Wade, Flash, Wow, Three, and Father Prime. Uh, which one of those whoa, is whoa. the best nickname? Run them. Say it again now. D Wade, <laughs> obviously. Flash. Uh, he gave himself wow at some point. Uh, three. And then the last one of his career was Father Prime. Which one was the best nickname? Honestly, I got to roll with Shaq. I think Flash. I, I, I think that was – it just kind of like when that hit and the way D-Wade was playing at that time, yep. he was, you know, obviously flying through the lane. He was very explosive offensively, dunking on people. Yep. I think Flash was the best one. Basketball, ref Basketball yeah. reference also has Pookie written down on his list. Do you know what Pookie is for D-Wade? <laughs> no, that must be something that he really grew up in this neighborhood. Somebody might have called him that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, give us Antoine Walker's uh, all-time shooting guard rankings. You can go, You can give us a top three, four, five, whatever you want. Uh, Michael, one. Yep. Um, Kobe's two. Uh, D-Wade's three. Okay. Um, Ray Allen's four. Ooh, hot take. Um, and five is uh, Allen Iverson. Nice. I put Allen Iverson as a two guard. Can for you sure. can you describe for our younger listeners? I'm I'm so glad you bring AI up. Obviously, AI is um, presenting Dwayne Wade into the Hall of Fame. Can you just tell our younger listeners like what guys like Allen Iverson and Dwayne Wade meant for the game, their impact on the game itself, obviously, but also all the stuff in the culture around the game? Um, I'll start with AI. I think AI... With AI, and um, he was the first pick in the draft, but his size, people don't yeah. understand for his size, his ability to be able to score the basketball at the level he did was tremendous. Um, and you may not never see another guy at that size score like that. Yeah. Um, but his heart... Um, I think his whole bio, I think you can't take away from what he went through um, as a young kid, um, going to jail, then having to go to Georgetown, then make his way to the league to be the number one pick in the draft and live up to the hype. Um, and that was one of the most unbelievable finals that we've seen. They got dominated, but it was fun to watch 
Yeah. I mean, people would have, you know, most people would have tuned that, turned that off, but it was fun to watch Allen Iverson get 40 and 50 <laughs> against these guys and keep and keep a team that was under, you no, know, that wasn't at the same level as the Lakers at that time right. in the finals, in game. So I think that's where it, it, it is with me, with, with, with Allen Iverson. And, uh, um, no, go ahead. Go ahead. What's the second part to that question? It was Dwayne Wade. I just, I mean, I don't know if you know anything about him and AI's relationship. Uh, why it is that? Uh, no, I didn't. I, actually, when I seen D Wade, um, he had a, a Hall, of, Hall of Fame party here last week, and I was able to attend and obviously congratulate him. He, I think, y'all, you guys know. I think the Hall of Fame kind of makes it really tight. Don't let you bring a lot of people. Um, right. So D Wade wanted to do something for the people here in Chicago, people that have been following mm. him, close friends and family. So he had a nice gathering last week. So I was able to see him and congratulate him on the Hall of Fame and all that. Yes. But um, yeah, but it's, it's, I just think, you know, I think it's two different players. You know what I mean? When you think sure. about AI and D-Wade. But also I think D-Wade just has a lot of respect. People don't understand how many people looked up to Allen Iverson. Because, I, I, you know, technically Allen Iverson did it the way he wanted to do it, on and off the court. Right. Um, and then when you see his size, you're like, how is this little guy able to do this and do this? Pound for league? pound, right? Pound yeah, for pound, so, that's what everybody says. Yeah. Um, and so that's I think that that's what that, that stands at. And, and it's just so many of us have so much respect for Allen Iverson and D Wade is just showing his respect for him. He probably was yeah. somebody that he looked up to, uh, somebody that he wanted to be like. And I, I love that because uh, a lot of times you never get to know what player inspired another player. Yeah. To mm. be, the, you know, and, and, and D Wade is showing a lot of respect to Allen Iverson having them come out. Last one. And it's a fun one. We really appreciate the time, Antoine. Um, you get prime Dwayne Wade in your in your starting five. You're going to build a starting five, but prime Dwayne Wade has to be in it. Um, you get four other current NBA players to fill out the rest of the lineup. Who are you picking? Uh, wow, that's that's pretty good. You got me right there. You caught me off guard a little bit, but um, <laughs> obviously I'm I'm gonna put LeBron James. I have to put LeBron James on the team with him. I, I just have I feel like we too much respect for him. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'll put Giannis at the four. Ooh, I like that. I like Giannis at the four. I like Joker at the five. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I like the, and I'm struggling right now to give you a good point guard who I really like. Um, but out of respect, and, and I love him, and I got so many scores on this team already, I'm going to put Chris Paul. Nice. Wow. It's a veteran group there. That's, those are some <laughs> friends, some friends, and, and Giannis and, and Joker. I like it. A lot of chemistry on the team. Great. Antoine Walker, thanks so much uh, for joining us. We really appreciate it, man. Um, this was fun. Thank you. Thanks for having me, guys.